What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to High Floor Football. My name is Sam Wagman. I am your host, and uh, with me, as always, is my trusty co-host. And uh, we are back from a little vacation that we took last week. And uh, Jay, as always, is dressed for vacation with uh, his choice of Hawaiian shirts. How you doing, my friend? I am doing well. I am fulfilling my promise of wearing a Hawaiian shirt every day through summer. So far, I am three for three with three different Hawaiian shirts. I may have to purchase a few more to continue this run, but the run is going strong right now and happy to be back. You know, we took a vacation without actually vacationing ourselves, but we (laughs) took a vacation from the podcast and uh, I'm excited to be back. And kind of what we have to talk about today is just, you know, interesting stuff. There's a lot of storylines heating up. You know, as football season gets a little bit closer and we're all hungry for info. So we're all kind of taking every bit of data and every report we can and either running with it or deciding, you know, if we don't buy it, if we buy it. So it'll be a fun show just kind of talking through all of that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I like it. And obviously we've had a little bit of uh, running back news around the league Um this week, you know, we will be discussing that. Uh, want to go into some of these ambiguous backfields since that also feeds into it. And above all, this is, you know, going to be a nice chill show. We're here, uh, you know, come in, ask us some questions if you want. We will answer as many as we can possibly get to in this uh, in this thing. But we might as well just hop right into it. Uh, as always, we're live on YouTube. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. Just hot, type in high floor football on there. Uh, you know, follow, hit the bell, come along, you know, like our friend Derek here. Always nice to see you, buddy. And uh, let's get right into uh, some of this running backs news. So obviously the big one that we can, uh, is there something you want to say? I was going to say, let's get right into it. Lenny's fat, right? I mean, that's, that's what we're getting into. I mean, that, yeah, that's the big one. Lenny showed up. Uh, apparently, uh, team coaches were not happy when he showed up to camp weighing 260 pounds. So, uh, I mean, that's, you know, definitely interesting, you know, in, in the fact that you shouldn't be 260 pounds as a running back. So, you know, you know, the, 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 his listed playing weight is 228 pounds. Uh, he also put a tweet up that said he played closer to 240 pounds last year and then very quickly deleted it. Uh, I'm not sure if he wanted to make that known or if he kind of just tweeted it in the heat of the moment and then realized, oh, I shouldn't be telling the coaches I'm playing, you know, 12 pounds higher than listed. He tweeted another <laughs> one today with a little questionable too. You know, he tweeted, I'll see y'all on September 11th, which he meant opening day for the Bucks, obviously a little questionable so maybe Lenny's not you know super conscious of what he's tweeting what he's not but yes the report came from Rick Stroud who's covering the Bucks for the Tampa Bay Times uh he reported that Lenny came in at you know that weight the coaches were not happy uh he clarified though which was yesterday is that mandatory minicamp was six weeks ago so he admitted to weighing 240 something as you referenced uh Rick Stroud says I asked a coach if he was more like 250 something his response was more the weight is likely gone and shout out hayden winks from underdog now uh drop in a little nugget yesterday as well kind of quote tweeting the rick stroud uh piece and putting out some more information on it saying presuming he returns to game shape leonard fournette will likely have to do minimal sharing in 2022 Keyshawn vaughn and geo bernard are back 
and the team drafted versatile ASU star Rashad White in the third round. But none possesses the same clairvoyance with their quarterback. Hayden joked throughout his thread about the word clairvoyance, which we're all curious what it means, but <laughs> we can all assume. And the interesting nugget on it is, you know, when Lenny came out weighing 260, 240, something 250, whatever he wants to call it, you know, our first thought was, what about Rashad White? This article, you know, does mention Keyshawn Vaughn. It mentions Gio Bernard, which I think a lot of us or a lot of people in the fantasy community within, you know, this June to July range where we're looking for things are, you know, the second it comes Lenny's overweight, it's Rashad White season, you know, and yeah. it could be Rashad White's a, you know, really exciting running back. Uh, you know, I think we're all, you know, thinking he's maybe one of the most valuable handcuffs, but there is Gio Bernard and there is Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, the thing that, you know, we're all excited about with Rashad White is pass catching ability. You know, Gio Bernard is a pass catching specialist. So mm -hmm. I'm curious and I know we're going to, you know, we'll both give our opinions on it. But, you know, what did this report do for you? You know, it's July. It's early July. What did you think? Kind of how does it affect your Lenny drafting? Does it affect your Rashad White drafting at all? Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Um, I'm not concerned about it at this point. Uh, like you said, it, it, it is the only the middle of July. I think, uh, he said he wants to shave, you know, 10, 15 pounds off. Uh, I, I'm sure that I'm sure that will happen. <laughs> yeah. I also would like to do that. I got a wedding next March. Um, it is interesting to think about like how heavy and, uh, the fact that, hamstring injuries um abound more quickly uh fantasy points medical analyst edwin porras did uh did tweet out and adam, adam hutchinson with four for four as well uh both noted that you know hamstring injuries are more prevalent in guys who are a little bit heavier you could you could argue that the added strain on fournette's body at playing at a heavier weight could make him susceptible to uh soft tissue injuries there so um, that is not something that, you know, is far out of my mind. Uh, Joey asked a very good question of no player over the weight of 255 pounds has finished as a top 10 running back <laughs> in the past 20 season. The only person I could think of is Mike Allstott. So, uh, if, if anybody's... Jordan, anybody, I don't know. I don't, know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I mean, think he finished as a top 10 fantasy running back anyway. Yeah. I didn't think, I don't think Allstott finished that high anyways. So <laughs> I would guess no. Uh, Jay is drinking whiskey. I am drinking bullet to be precise, Ben. I'm typically a Irish whiskey guy, but for 4th of July, you know, came back to, you know, the American ones. So came out with some bullets. So that, that is what I'm drinking now. Uh, and you know, Derek's comment here and everyone's infatuation, uh, with Rashad White should be love for Isaiah Spiller, who we'll talk about in a little bit too. And I, I don't necessarily uh, disagree with that. Oh, and we have info from Joey Wright. Montour did finish, but was only 235 at the time. So that was kind mm -hmm. of a good pull from the back of my head. I don't know. That was a good pull there. Um, um, Lenny right now is ADP uh, is RB nine. I'm guessing this mm -hmm. is pre, you know. Yeah, this is this is from last week. We are pulling yeah. from uh, Football Guys ADP okay. here uh, cool. from July 14th. Bettis uh, so is, is a good one as well, but you know, bus could have bus could have finished up there. But again, it. it it's, you know, it's not a, it's not a playing weight that you want to play at when you're like Lenny, who, you know, you know, bus was known for being heavy and playing like that. You know, Fournette is one of the premier pass catchers, you know, running back pass catchers of the last couple of years. And you got to think of, you got to think about that. I think Brandon Jacobs was 230, right? He could have been, he could have been heavier. Uh, but so bottom line, 
Lenny, you know, going RB9, not much changes there. I mean, personally for me, guys going around him, you know, Aaron. Oh, Jones, I was not right about that. 264 pounds. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Aaron Jones going RB11. <laughs> That's a guy that I take over Leonard Fournette. Shout out uh, Sam's new Aaron Jones article that came out. You can find it on Football Guys. Um, but Lenny's kind of right in that range with Leonard Fournette, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Javante Williams, Saquon Barkley. Uh, of that group of five, I mean, I, I'm picking Aaron Jones and Saquon over Lenny. I already was. Um, but, I mean, he still fits in that range. I mean, I'm still taking Lenny over Javante Williams. I'm taking Lenny over Nick Chubb. Uh, this report didn't change much. It shouldn't change much for anybody. I mean, uh, it is early July. Like we kind of joked about, you know, shaving off, you know, 15, 20, 25 pounds is, is a tall task. It's not something that, you know, is just going to happen overnight. But I expect Lenny will be in football shape by September 11th, like he said. Uh, so it doesn't yeah. change too much. And, you know, Rashad White's in like the mid 40s right now in ADP. Yeah, I, I think I think the thing with, with Fournette is that this is going to push him down a little bit. Uh, this will put, you know, hopefully push him down into the RB11, RB12 range um, so that I can get a little bit more of him in, you know, best ball drafts and early redrafts. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. Uh, as, as far as Rashad White goes, he does definitely have standalone value. Um, I do think that, you know, he's going to be more involved in the passing game than people think. They did draft him in the third round, you know, in that Alvin Kamara range. Um, I do think that the Bucks like him. I do think his skill set will translate to the NFL. Uh, and if Lenny is playing at this high weight, I would, you know, I don't, I don't project injuries, but I definitely would be on injury watch because if Lenny goes down, the, the workload that Rashad White steps into, if he is able to gain Brady's trust, is RB1 caliber right away. So sure. uh, he's definitely got the game for it. He was very good at uh, Arizona State, so we'll go from there. I agree, and Rashad White's upside is undeniable if, you know, an injury happens. But bottom line, neither of us care about the uh, Lenny weight issue right now. I think we're both kind of fading that uh, report and kind of just seeing it as it was prior to Lenny being a 260. Uh, another, you know, ambiguous backfield, a backfield we're trying to figure out, one that I know that you have strong opinions about, is the Seattle backfield with Rashad Penny and Ken, Kenneth, Kenny, Ken, Ken, Kenneth, Ken. Uh, Ken. Kenneth Walker, uh, Brian Condotta of uh, you know one of the Seattle paper, you know, sorry, beat reporter from Seattle. Um, I got confused with our Tampa Bay uh, journalist, but Rashad Penny to be the Seahawks' primary back and potentially see twenty plus carries per game. Now, him being the primary back, I think is interesting is it necessarily surprising not really i don't think i mean if he's healthy kenneth walker's healthy i don't think it's surprising that penny would be the primary back 20 carries a game i think is more of a primary back stereotype than an actual report i think it's that he's saying he could see up to 20 carries a game you know that's kind of how i read it i don't read it as you know kenneth walker's not going to have a role or you know, it's all it's the Rashad Penny show. I mean, I think Rashad Penny has a leg up on him. He's been there for a couple of years. First round draft pick, guy who's talented. We saw it last year. But I don't necessarily think that report changes much for me either. I'd be interested to hear what you would say on it because I know you're a guy who's higher on Rashad Penny in general, a little bit lower on Kenneth Walker. So does it impact you at all that reports are coming out, you know, pumping Rashad Penny, or have you kind of already been 
uh, on that train. Because right now ADP has Kenneth Walker one spot ahead of Rashad Penny at RB33, RB34. I actually think that has changed in like the last couple of days based on some of the underdog drafts that I've been doing. But they're you know in that same range. So how does how does this affect you? Uh, yeah, I I'm I've been like you said uh, a, a staunch pro Penny guy this entire offseason, even. You know, even after they drafted Ken Walker, um, I do think that Penny is the guy. And look, the the, the reason I think that is, is really simple. Uh, running backs on expiring contracts get run into the ground. It's not a novel concept. We've seen it happen many times before in the NFL. Uh, the Seahawks are signed him to a one-year $6 million deal. Doesn't mean they're going to sit him on the bench. Even if they drafted Kenneth Walker, uh, they would like Kenneth Walker or Ken Walker to uh, learn the offense. I'm sure they would like him to up his uh, pass catching game a little bit. I think Penny sees the bulk of the touches this year. Uh, I definitely think he's a better pass catcher than Ken Walker. Remember he had a uh, over almost a 10% target share in college uh, coming in. And I know people didn't talk about that. I know he's only had, you know, 20 or so catches in the four and a half years since he's been drafted. It, none of that matters to me. You know, Walker did nothing receiving at Michigan state. And it's not like he wasn't an offense that didn't throw. They just didn't throw the ball to him. They used, uh, they preferred to use Jaden Reed out of the backfield, who was kind of like a hybrid running back wide receiver last year, then throw the ball to Kenneth, Ken Walker. That says something to me. It says, you know, not that he can't catch, just not as good as pass pro as people think. Um, so, you know, that, that speaks to me. He's definitely a gifted runner of the football. That, you know, that's not denying anything. Um, you know, I'm not denying the guy that won the Doak Walker Award is not a good runner of the football. I just think that in this scenario with the Seahawks clearly in a rebuilding phase of their organization, probably prefer not to run for, you know, his first season. So I just, I can't really see uh, a scenario where I'm comfortable taking Ken Walker over Penny. And we got this question uh, from Zach Riley, where are you seeing Rashad Penny go in mocks? Uh, I'm seeing him go around the eighth or ninth round in my underdog drafts. Uh, Ken Walker typically goes about a round and a half later. Uh, I think that RB, you know, that that dead zone area of running backs, um, the Spiller, Henderson, uh, Pierce, Rashad White, so, Rashad Penny area of the you know eighth, ninth, tenth round is a great place to target in RB2 if you choose to wait on the position. Well, so let's play a little game here, see how deep your penny love runs, and I'll just ask with some guys that are around his ADP, and we'll start at the higher side, get a little bit closer to where he's at, but Antonio Gibson or Rashad Penny? Oh, uh, Antonio Gibson easily. Okay, and Antonio Gibson goes about 20 spots ahead, so he's a little further up. Mm-hmm. Miles Sanders or Rashad Penny? Uh, closer, but still Sanders as of this moment. Okay, and then the next two would be Tony Pollard and Clyde edwards Lair, which I know we're going to disagree here on one of these guys. Because <laughs> I'm taking Clyde over Penny. I did. I okay, am. I'm not. I'm not. And and I'm. It's it's well known that I'm I'm a bigger fan of guys like Ronald Jones and also not. I mean, not you know straight up, but I I'd rather have Jarek McKinnon at ADP than Clyde edwards Lair at his. 
Um, Pollard's free. interesting. McKinnon's ADP is free, so yeah. 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 Pollard's interesting to me because at the same time that his efficiency has been up and up and up and Zeke's has been down and down and down, Zeke is now healthy and is still there and he's still only 26 years old. So uh, I'm not sure what kind of role we see Pollard have in this offense. I think he plays more of a uh, a dummy slot role for the Cowboys, uh, you know, with them needing some uh, receiving help, and he's obviously a, a very good receiver. Um, I think I would very, very slightly take Rashad Penny over Tony Pollard. Okay, and and Pollard's still going a decent amount ahead of Penny mm-hmm. by, by ADP, so getting a little bit closer. These guys are guys that are literally bookmarking Penny is Damian Harris and Kareem Hunt. So Penny's right in between those two. And I, I think the Damian Harris, Rashad Penny, I mean, not comp in terms of their offense or, their, or anything. I just think that that kind of player at that range is is similar, where I think yeah. Damian Harris also has a lot of upside, a lot of touchdown upside, uh, you know, probably going to get the goal line touches, probably also not going to get, you know, the receiving work, which we're still kind of going to see how that shakes out in Seattle, but. Also has a guy behind him. Damian Harris has Ramondre Stevenson in the same way that Rashad Penny has Kenneth Walker. Almost identical ADP between the Harris-Penny tier and the Kenneth Walker-Ramondre Stevenson. They're kind of right next to each other. They are right next to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, they're backups and the starters. So I think that one's an interesting one. Personally, I prefer Damian Harris because I, I don't think Damian Harris is a great play after this year. I'm interested to see what happens with him. But I do think this year gives him at least a little bit more – uh, a little bit more of a role, especially that red zone role. And I think you see Ramondre Stevenson kind of take more of the passing work and also also pitch in a little bit to the early down. But I think the Patriots are just going to be so run heavy. And I think it's going to be an efficient offense that I would take that. Whereas Seattle also going to be really run heavy. Just don't think they're going to be scoring as many points. So that's kind yeah. of where I take the Damian Harris over Rashad. Yeah, I can understand that. Uh, for Damian Harris, for me, it's all about seeing where his touchdown number settles. Um you know, we know oh, he we know he's the, the early down back, but you know, you know, we'd both be we'd both be idiots to not, you know, think that Ramondre Stevenson's gonna have a healthy amount of work. Then you have to work in, you know, where does James White fit in? And you know, his role is pretty secure there, and then Pierre Strong, what happens to him? So uh, you know, that that New England backfield is just something that I am so uninterested in touching right now. Uh so again at ADP, give me give me Rashad Penny over Damian Harris. Um, as far as Kareem Hunt goes, this this fluctuates with every bit of Deshaun Watson news I hear. Um, Jacoby Brissett will dump off to the running back a ton. I don't know how much Deshaun Watson will because he's he's a scrambler. So the more Jacoby Brissett plays slash Jimmy Garoppolo or whoever else, if they choose to bring in outside help. Give me, give me Kareem Hunt more and more and more and more and more. If it turns out that Deshaun Watson only gets a four-game suspension, give me Penny. And I'll ask you one more. That'll be the last one. And I know this is it's kind of an interesting comparison. It's Devin Singletary or Rashawn Penny because uh, then Devin, you're looking at Devin Singletary because yeah. then you're looking at a guy who you know he's going behind Penny slightly. You know, mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt's the only player separating them in ADP. But Devin Singletary's in what we expect to be maybe the most high-power offense, maybe the highest scoring offense. And he's also going to share time. We assume, you know, with James, uh, with James Cook. So it's a similar sort of situation. I agree. I think I would lean Singletary just based on the upside of his offense weekly. Um, and I'm also 
over, Chase Edmonds over Penny as well. Chase Edmonds is going one pick after Singletary. I think just based on knowing you, you're a Penny over Edmonds guy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what – I don't even know what to think about that. My yeah. offense. All I know is that it's it's going to be spread around. And I, I'm just I'm just not interested in in those kind of offenses. It's just it's too confusing for me to see. Yeah, uh, but I think I shout just, out shout out JJ Zacharyson. You know who we both really like and his you know uh, ambiguous RB theory. And Chase Edmonds does fall into kind of that perfect mix of that, where it's like he is the first running back being drafted from the Miami backfield. A lot of people will tell you, oh. I'm confused on the backfield. I'm going to take the cheaper guy. Mm-hmm. JJ's theory pretty much says that doesn't hit as much as we like to think it does. No, it doesn't. As much as we're going to be like, oh, I'll take the later guy. Fantasy players actually, from you know his studies and his work, and seem to actually do a decent job at projecting who's going to be the top guy. So Chase Edmonds falls into that for me where I think it's going to be a decent offense. I, I kind of like him as a player too. I think more than consensus seems to. So he's one that I'm taking over Rashad Penny, but I, I'm not – I don't disagree with you too much in that range, personally. I mean, the, the Clyde edwards delaire over Penny is something that I feel. Damian Harris over Penny, but I would take Penny over Kareem Hunt, personally, but I'm, I'm with you on Devin Singletary. Yeah. In any case, Zach, uh, you know, Penny is going around that, you know, ninth, <laughs> tenth round range, and we both feel that he's, you know, a solid option in in that range if you're looking, you know, for something else. And uh, we got the homie Toronto Dave in here as well dave always good to see you penny you should like penny penny's that guy you know if if he looks half as good as he looked in those last six games last year and obviously i'm knocking on every piece of wood that i can possibly find in the uh in the hope that he stays healthy um he he could be he could be those kind of guys that just goes and balls out and really you know is key to you taking over your league because people are so certain that Ken Walker is the guy there just because they drafted in the second round. Look at this team's history. We just watched Pete Carroll stick Penny, you know, and even when Penny wasn't injured, Penny still wasn't used that much unless he was, unless he was absolutely needed to. He preferred to ride Chris Carson over Rashad Penny, who was their highest drafted rookie, you know, at times when both were healthy. Let me just ask. watch what Ken, just watch what he does to Ken Walker. Yeah, let me ask this just as a just off the cuff question, just in general thinking about it. Because this is what I think about a lot. And like we just talked about pre-show, I mean, I'm addicted to underdog now and I do, you know, a million job drafts. Shout out mm-hmm. Sam's Sam's hat there. But I mean I, I cross Rashad Penny a lot. I, I don't pick HFF on underdog. <laughs> I don't pick him a lot. Uh, I don't yep. pick the running backs in this range a lot, personally. But that being said, when you pick Rashad Penny. And you see the upside, which I think we all see. You know, we saw it at the end of last season. And I know I also don't like to project injuries. I don't like to, you know, downgrade guys because of it. But with a guy with an extensive history like Rashad Penny, are you not a little worried about that? I mean, I'm just – I'm worried well, that he's absolutely. healthy. I'm, yeah, I'm worried that he's worried. healthy in July. And it's like, you know, anybody can get hurt. It's not, you know, Christian McCaffrey year after year gets hurt. You know, Derrick Henry got hurt last year. You know, anybody can get hurt. I'm just a little skeptical of that he's ever going to be able to stay healthy. You know, I, I'm just worried that we're going to get excited again based on a small sample size. And then, I mean, trust me, in my most important league, I bid on Rashad Penny. Rookie season it's in an such an elite league. small sample size, though. That's the problem. And I and I I 
I disagree with this state, Ben. I, I don't think there was a, you know, a situation where Penny was never the better back because Penny was drafted as a, as a first rounder. Like you, you can't say that about Ken Walker just because, just because Walker was that much of a stud and he won the Doke, he won the Doke Walker. But Penny was a, Penny was a massive as, I mean, I like Rashard Penny, San Diego State guy, all that stuff. Him and Denell were unstoppable. W- sure, in college. <laughs> when Rashad Penny got drafted. In Walker the, was in Rashad, college last when, year. When, when, see, this is what we need to do more, Sam, <laughs> some of this. When Rashad Penny got drafted, though, it was viewed as a massive reach. It was not, it was not a slam dunk first-round pick running back. Every Penny, every Penny pick was considered a massive reach. A massive reach. Agreed, a hundred percent. Their picks there. are viewed as massive. Was Kenneth reaches. Walker maybe a reach? Maybe, but Rashad Penny in the first round was a huge reach. It was a big one, and so not that he can't back it up. Not that he doesn't have the talent to do it. We saw it in that small sample size last season. He's very talented, but to use the draft capital as as a reason is tough for me because Rashad Penny was such a surprise in the first round. So Ben, you're reading my mind, man. Reading my mind. He was considered. In any case, <laughs> in any case, you know, we're not gonna dive too deep into this. We we wanted to touch on the workload. No, Sam, we I want to yell at you for another hour. <laughs> well, you can you can spend all the time you want doing that off show. Uh we're gonna move on to our next rumor that we heard. Uh and it is obviously JK Dobbins. Uh so you know, JK Dobbins to me you know, is a guy that we've been uncertain about all offseason because we've heard a frighteningly little amount of news about his ACL recovery. Uh, you know, Gus Edwards also comes to mind that we haven't heard much about at all either. Both of them concern me, but we finally heard some news recently, and that was a uh, rap sheet going on Good Morning Football and saying that J.K. Dobbins is no sure thing for week one. He hasn't had any setbacks but his knee injury was a serious one and Baltimore has no incentive to rush him back. They protected themselves with veteran Mike Davis regardless. Now about 20 minutes after this report came out and I think I'm, I think I'm off on that timesheet, but you know, regardless JK Dobbins himself uh, quote tweeted this by saying that he has been uh, unwilling to share the news himself, but that his, his rehab is going just fine, well ahead of schedule, and he said he may not even be on the pup list to start the season. The fact that he said pup list at all scares the crap out of me. I agree. And I think it's a virtual certainty (laughs) that he ends up on the pup list this season. So, I mean, that when when he brought that up and, you know, that wasn't in Ian's tweet at all. The pup list, you know, was not mentioned for you know for that tweet so uh you know you know the the thing is with jk dobbins he was injured in the preseason that you know suffered the torn acl on august 28th and so that you know we're coming up on just under a year that he's not back at practice yet he's not even running yet that's concerning to me he he injured multiple ligaments in his knee and unfortunately, Gus Edwards did the same thing. So, you know, and there's been news that his rehab is not going that well. So, again, the big thing with the Ravens is that they were so snake bitten by injuries. You know, they obviously had the very infamous now practice where 
both Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters tore their ACL within five minutes of each other on back-to-back plays, no less. Um, but what do we think about J.K. Dobbins here? I think he's going on the pup list. What do you think? I have a lot. I have a lot of thoughts on it, and I don't okay. know if you know this about me. I think you do, but I mean, I'm a, I'm a massive J.K. Dobbins. I know that. I mean, I I know that. Yeah, I, I have J.K. Dobbins on on most dynasty teams. I roster him heavily in my most important keeper league. You know, last year I kept J.K. Dobbins pre ACL injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, the day after I kept him in that keeper league draft, he got mm-hmm. hurt. So. Yes, I'm heavily invested in J.K. Dobbins. I love him as a player. I am scared, though, to to the points that you said. I, I don't. I'm personally not as much of a uh, you know. I know there's value to be had, but I, I try to stay away from some of the guys that are injured going into the season. Personally, I know people try and you know find value in that, and there is value to find in that. But when a guy comes into the season and there aren't you know the reports that he's healthy and there's not you know in practicing and all, I, I do get a little worried because during the season, I feel like it does extend a little bit more than we like to think it does because a guy comes in already behind the, behind the eight boys, not healthy. He's not ready to go. And then during the season with the, you know, picking, they have to, you have to have other guys on the field. So you have other running backs you add, you have other things going on. And so I sometimes think it gets extended throughout the season. So if JK Dobbins is not healthy going in, I'm a little worried about that. I know that he says he will be, and I love JK, so I'm, I want to believe him. But another thing that I would bring up about that is, you know, Baker Mayfield, for instance, and I know this is going to get off a little bit, but, you know, Baker Mayfield going into this season is viewed significantly differently than he ever was, drastically differently, because of last season where he where he played hurt, essentially. And he wanted to play, even though he was hurt. Mm-hmm. You can't give the players the uh, – decision if they want to play or not they're going to tell you every time they can play if you're an athlete you know that you're going to say that you can play mm-hmm. jk dobbins saying that he'll be ready for week one <laughs> i'm not sold on that i mean does he think he's going to be ready of course he's a world-class athlete he's a great athlete he's in great shape like i'm sure he thinks he's going to be ready but the team has something invested in him and what you brought up i mean the fact that he brought up the pup it wasn't even brought up you know Clearly, there's been talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. there's been talk about him being on the pup, or he wouldn't bring it up. So that is worrisome to me. It's a little worrisome to me that we haven't heard anything about Gus Edwards, who I also roster on. Yeah, I heard he's a there's, little bit behind in his rehab. There has been like me. little to none about Gus Edwards, and so people that are picking up Tyler Beatty, people that are sure. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Last season, I was playing Devonte Freeman. You know, I was picking up Latavius Murray because you want a part of the Baltimore backfield. J.K. Dobbins is awesome. You know, in best ball, I think, you know, if you get a good value on him, sure, take him. You know, because if you have other guys that are going to play those first couple weeks and you have J.K. Dobbins, you know, when he's fully healthy in week four, week six, whenever it is, when he comes off the puff, huge. You know, that could be awesome. Am I skeptical of him, though? Yeah, for sure. I mean, in ADP right now on underdog or, you know, on football guys, which we're also referencing here, I mean, he's going around guys like, you know, Travis Etienne, Brees Hall, Cam Akers, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs. Just speaking on a couple of those guys, and, you know, just because it fits kind of this narrative of the injuries is Travis Etienne, right, was hurt with a bad injury. Have we seen him working out again? Yes. Are there reports that he's healthy? Yes. Like, is he going to be ready to go? Yeah, from everything that we've heard. Cam Akers significant injury towards Achilles. Is he going to be ready to go? Have we heard good things about him? Yeah. Like we've, we've heard all these things that are confirming our, our skepticism. 
or that are helping with our skepticism. Whereas J.K. Dobbins is right in that range, but we're not sure he's going to be ready to go, which like does change those things for me. I mean, if we're picking J.K. Dobbins or Brees Hall, you know, I love J.K. Dobbins. I actually like him more than Brees Hall as a player, but I'm taking Brees Hall. He's coming in as a rookie. He's coming in healthy. He's coming in ready to go. So those sort of guys in that range, I mean, I take J.K. Dobbins over Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, um, a few of those, but you know, Travis Etienne. But if he's Hall, healthy, you know, that you're taking him if he's healthy. But like with with this uncertainty, you know, like we both draft, we just we just drafted in Scott Fishbowl. Did you have the chance to draft J.K. Dobbins in Scott Fishbowl? Yeah, and would I have last year taken him in places where I didn't this year? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, so like, so like yes. I also had the I, option too, and I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't so even I'll, look his way. But so I'll say this, and it's just you know people view things differently sometimes in fantasy. DeAndre Hopkins. I love DeAndre Hopkins. Did I pass on him all over the place? Yeah. And he's not hurt. He's just going to miss six games. But I don't like that. Like, I'd rather pick a guy who I think can maybe break out during that time than the guy who's going to be back after six weeks. Like, I would just rather plan to have some opportunity there. So Dobbins, I love. I just... I, I skipped on him a lot and a lot on a lot of in a lot of drafts. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 officially worried about yeah. Dobbins. Uh, the latest the latest thing I found is uh, about a month ago, uh, Harbaugh gave an update that um, he doesn't know if either will be ready before week one. He doesn't know if either will be ready for training camp. Uh, he said you talked to J.K.'s starting running back today. He should have been practicing today, but he's got work to do. So does Gus. I both think they're doing great. We'll see how they look when they come back. Didn't give a definite timetable, and he said, we'll see. Okay. So uh, he said uh, both Tyler Beatty and Mike Davis are splitting um, reps with uh, first and second teams. Each is getting equal time with with both of those teams right now. I mean, Beatty for me, you know, and Ben is asking, what is our interest level in Beatty? And and for me, I took Beatty in the last, last, uh, last round of Scott Fishbowl. And uh, for me, Beatty, if if Edwards and Edwards and Dobbins are on the pup list to start, or e- even if they're not and and they're just iffy, give me Beatty all day over Mike Davis. I went through the Mike Davis experiment last year. I had him on a couple teams, and I was just talking about this on Twitter the other day. You know, with with some people, uh, you know, uh, Derek Brown and a couple others. Um, Look, Mike Davis was never a serious consi- you know consideration for me last year. I took him because I saw you know he was he fell to be a value in some drafts. Like one draft, I grabbed him in like the seventh or eighth round when he was kind of going in that like fourth fifth round area, which completely out of line, by the way. And and look how it ended up. But I mean, Beatty is the kind of guy that we, you know we really like. I mean, uh, I mean, pulling up his stats from college. He was so good at Missouri and he, he, you know, his prospect profile is very nice. And uh, this is not pulling up for me at all. Uh, he continued to impress this summer. He, he stood out at OTAs a ton. Um, the Bradens believe they found a steal when they drafted him. He may, he's, he's been very active as a pass catcher in OTAs and mini camps. So, you know, this is a guy who could easily take over for the Ravens with how Let much they say run the something football. that nobody's gonna like, but I'm gonna say it, and then I'm gonna touch on some of these comments that Dave has said here. But don't doesn't Tyler Beatty's situation somewhat remind us of Justice Hill? And 
Justice I saw Hill. that. I saw that with someone. Someone else I, said that. See, that's an organic one. I, I didn't, you know, come with that from someone anybody. else. Said I, that too. I'm Why just saying the that? Ravens loved Justice Hill. There they was did. all these reports that Justice Hill was going to be this. Justice Hill was going to be that. We all bought into him in fantasy, and he wasn't anything. And what kind of bothers me or worries me <laughs> about it is: Are we sure the Ravens don't just bring back Devontae Freeman if those guys aren't healthy? The Ravens just shifted guys out all all uh, season last season. So it was you know it was Latavius Murray, it was Devontae Freeman, it was Tyson Williams who deserved more than he got. But are we sure that Devontae Freeman doesn't just get brought back if those guys no. really aren't healthy? And so let me let me just finish it. As, no, we're absolutely. I'm not. Sure. I'm not sure that I'm out on Tyler Beatty. I'm not sure that I'm you know that he's not going to become something. But I feel like we've seen this with the Ravens before, where they do hype up these guys, they get excited about these guys. When did Beatty go? The fifth or fifth round? Fourth sixth round. round. Sixth, sixth round, even better. So <laughs> it makes it a little tough when you when you have that. But yeah, if those guys both miss time, they don't bring anybody on. Then sure. Uh, a couple of the comments I want to touch on here is first off, Dave, shout out right right with me on this. I appreciate that. But this is sort of the take that I was saying is. Is Dobbins maybe more talented than Brees, Etienne? I I think he could be. I mean, I think Dobbins is like insanely talented. Like, I'm such a fan. I would have Brees. Of, I would. Yeah. Sure, I think that's Brees fine. I would. I would personally say maybe it's Dobbins, Etienne, but it is what it is. I just think Dobbins is right there on par with those guys. But I would pick all three of them ahead of them ahead of him right now because I know that they're healthy. Even though two of them dealt with major injuries, I would still pick them ahead based on that. Um, and another point that Dave brought up here, he says, not just the return to the field, but some games to get good level, uh, to get up to a good level too. So I think that's also important. I mean, we talk about it with wide receivers a lot. That's sort of the thing with Cortland Sutton. You know, he kind of had his ACL year last year where he was coming back from his ACL. Maybe he didn't perform great. On top of that, we're talking about a running back. You know, J.K. Dobbins, like, depends on being able to cut, depends mm-hmm. on being able to do those things. Like, is, is he – Depends on breaking big runs. I mean, he was electric. Like, is he going to maybe not have that coming off of the serious injury? Maybe not. Maybe the pup actually helps him. So if you're a dynasty player, I almost think you want J.K. Dobbins to miss <laughs> four or six weeks. You want him to, like, get fully healthy. If you're a redraft player and you're drafting him, I mean, you want him to play right away. But at what cost? You know, like, are you going to be playing him every week and he's going to get you know, not as many carries as he should get. Is he not going to be performing? To the last time we saw J.K. Dobbins, he was averaging six yards a carry. Yeah, you know? I mean, J.K. Dobbins is a very talented player, and we obviously know how the Ravens run their offense. They want to run, run, run the ball, and they said that as much. Uh, you know, look, the Ravens' strategy in free agency in the draft this year spoke one thing to me. Last year, throwing the balls, you know, 500-plus times, outlier. They want to get back to running the ball, and they want to do it a lot, and they, they want to be what, the focus three tight ends. The focus of their <laughs> offense. They want, yeah, and but but that is obviously a staple of their offense. Is that? Oh, I mean as a, rotation. I mean as a run. Yeah, team. run block. They drafted three tight ends. Yeah. Or two it's it's yeah. weird that they dra- Um, who did they draft? They drafted like they drafted, and they, drafted and they drafted. Um, well, they Charlie least, Kohler. Charlie yeah. Kohler. Yeah. So th- it's weird that you know. I, I'm going to touch on that real quick. It is weird that they drafted two pass catching tight ends. Not their MO. They're not that MO at, at all. That that is a little bit weird to me. 
Um, I, I am interested to see what they do with Likely and Kolar, who who I personally thought were the two be- best pass catching tight ends in this draft. Um, Kolar was was my favorite tight end in this draft when I was when I was looking at film and when I was looking at uh, some of the stuff that he did. I don't know if you watched him at uh, Iowa State. Guy was a tank. Six five, two sixty, two sixty. Cat caught every ball. Like so, my question is, what do they do there? But but the you know trading away Hollywood Brown and not not drafting a replacement, um, going ahead and drafting Tyler Beatty and drafting Mike Davis, all while acknowledging that you know at some point J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards are going to return. Um, they want to run the football. Yeah. They're going to run the football. Uh, that's the reason why Lamar Jackson is QB two in my rankings. Argument for another day. Well, it's going to so, be. I mean, it's, you know, yeah, we it's are going to see them. We are going to see them get back to running the football. I do think that whatever running back features in this offense is going to be an absolute stud, and it's the only thing that would you know have me considering drafting J.K. Dobbins at his ADP this year. But the problem is the same problem that I have when I when I consider Chris Godwin. You just don't know what he's going to look back when he comes. When's first of all, when's he coming back? And second, you don't know what he's going to look like when he comes back from the injury. My heart, J.K. Dobbins <laughs> and Chris Godwin. <laughs> I know you love that. <laughs> it is my heart, and it has pained me not to be able to draft them both everywhere <laughs> like I always do. But I agree with you, man. I, I like to stay a little risk averse from the injuries. It's just something that we can't predict, and as much as we have. Tournament fields are different than than redraft. Fields, sure, right? yeah, and if you get him at if you get Chris Godwin at you know the right ADP, I think it's you know great, especially in best ball because he's going to probably come back at the end of the year at some point. But you yeah. know, there's things to think about with these guys. There's context with everything, and you know, just a, a quick Chris Godwin tangent. I literally, I'll spend two seconds on it, but it's you know the Bucks are so good. Like, do they need Chris Godwin to be a competitive playoff team? Probably not. So why wouldn't they just hold him out until he's ready to go? It's kind of, it's kind of my thought process on him, as much as it pains me to say. Um, yeah, so what I is agree. the next one that we're doing? Um, you know, we could t- touch on a couple more of these ambiguous backfields. Um, we can kind of go into the Houston Texans backfield, which I think is an interesting, interesting look. You know, a battle between Marlon Mack, Damian Pierce, and Rex Burkhead. That's always that's always fun to talk about. Um, sure, I'm coming I fresh mean, off a of Damian Harris pick in the Scotty Fish Bowl. Damian so. Pierce. What did I say? Damian Harris. Damian Pierce. Uh, <laughs> Damian with an E, but E O N. Damian Pierce uh, picking the Scotty Fish Bowl. So yeah, I'm I'm interested in talking about the Houston backfield. I know you were high on Damian Pierce uh, as he was coming out. You know, you're a Florida resident yourself. Damian Pierce coming from Florida. You got you know got your eyes on him a lot so what are your thoughts on the houston backfield going into the season i think it's gonna be and i've come around to this the few uh a few times um i do want to touch on something that i learned just today and it's that uh some people may have noticed that Brees hall was the last unsigned rookie rookie running back i'm glad and you're he signed his he signed his uh, <laughs> signed his deal this morning, and it was a four year nine million dollar deal. That's not the headline. The headline is that Damian Pierce was given uh, 
$25,000 more as a workout bonus than, uh, than any other fourth rounder in the draft. <laughs> and this, this is very interesting <laughs> because the, it is being uh, assumed that this contract has been a very strict talking point for a lot of agents as they try to sign their rookie rookie deals this this offseason. So everyone's kind of mad at the Texans once again. When well, is they everyone not mad at the They overpaid Texans? Pierce and J- Petrie, yes. right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Jalen Petrie, uh, the safety out of Baylor. They did they did do that. So it's this very was a great story today. I I loved this. I, I, I saw I this yeah. is really funny when I looked in when no, I, I thought it was down great. This out this it was as I was on the clock debating picking Damian Pierce, I was sitting there being like, This is interesting. <laughs> So but it's the Texans and the Jags, you know, both overpaying their guys. They have to. I mean, so you know, uh, <laughs> Nick Casario went on a uh, Houston radio show today and said, you know, we're talking about a two hundred and eight million dollar cap, and in the grand scheme of things, if you you know, the first round is the first round. Everyone knows the round that way knows the way that round is structured, and in the second round and onward, you've seen some you know progress, and uh, so he he's saying that the Texans are ahead of the game in offering that. So I'm not saying, I don't think this is, you know, a way of saying that the Texans value Pierce more than he is. I think they just want to, uh, you know, get ahead with the, the cap increase. And, um, you know, I, I don't think it's that big a deal. So, but I will say that Damian Pierce is one of my favorite running backs. If you listen to the show at all in the last three months, you, you will know that I was very high on Damian Pierce. He was my RB four in the pre-draft process. And I love the landing spot with the Texans. You get a lot of garbage time. And if they attack his three-down skill set, he looks really good. Now, that being said, I would be ignoring things if um, if I didn't talk about Marlon Mack. And, and Marlon Mack, you know, is obviously interesting. He comes from my alma mater at USF. I got to watch him very much while he was there. He was very good. A little Florida-on-Florida Florida combat here. Yeah, very, very much so. Except you know, USF has not, you know has not played the University of Florida anytime recently, and hopefully won't. Otherwise, they'll Florida's, get embarrassed. University of Florida scared man. It's like yes. the Wichita State Kansas rivalry. Kansas won't. In any Wichita case, <laughs> in any case, Marlon Mack is not a nobody in the NFL. You know, he's got two seasons of a thousand rushing yard or you know 900 plus rushing yards obviously in 18 and 19 for the colts 908 rushing yards and 1091 rushing yards eight and nine touchdowns in each of those years uh his main problem has been health obviously he had the uh torn acl or was it torn achilles i i can't remember can't remember which one it was uh, i want to say uh torn achilles was an achilles yeah yeah marlon mack was the achilles and uh after that was the obviously one. obviously the colts proceeded to draft jonathan taylor and all was that so uh marlon mack definitely is is interesting to me i do think out of the gate and the texans have basically alluded to this uh saying that they're going to lean on a veteran presence to start the year. That obviously screams to me that we'll see a mix of Rex Burkhead and Marlon Mack. But, you know, let's not kid ourselves. The Texans 
you know, aren't, aren't winning anything this year. At some point, they're going to want to see what Damian Pierce can do. And like all NFL teams that, you know, kind of go down the toilet as the season goes along, they will start their rookie running back. And it, then we will see, and he will have a very fair chance to acquaint himself. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think he'll grab this role out of, out of training camp. I, I think all the dialogue that we've seen so far basically says that uh, Mac and Burkhead will get a fair look at doing this. You know, we, Burkhead was good down the stretch last year. He's good in fantasy championships. So you have to look at that. But I do think Pierce is much better than any of them. So coming out of the draft, you were a much bigger Pierce fan than I. And I wasn't not one. I just I wasn't as high on him coming out. The Houston landing spot was interesting. Uh, I was kind of hoping we would have seen Brace land in Houston or a couple other guys. But truthfully, like just being truthful on it, but Damian Pierce landing there is interesting. And like I said, I just drafted him in the Scott Fishbowl, which is essentially a redraft league with you know a couple wrinkles in it in the scoring. But it is a redraft league. It is a one-season league. I got him as the RB40, so an RB4. Uh, that being said, I think – it really is interesting in a lot of the points that you brought up too, where going with a veteran presence to start the season, like, yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, the same way that we just said with, uh, you know, Rashad Penny, Kenneth Walker, like, is it a surprise that the guy who's been in the NFL a little bit longer is going to maybe get the first crack? No, I don't think that's a surprise. I mean, Damian Pierce wasn't a high value pick. He went a little bit later. Like you brought up the interesting context of it was, uh, Damian Pierce's contract, which is apparently, you know, a little bit more interesting than a normal fourth-round pick or fifth-round pick. So I don't know that he opens camp as the lead guy, but my thoughts on it, which is interesting, which, again, you touched on a little bit, is I think this could actually be something that is a true three-back monster to start the season, where it really is Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead, Damian Pierce, and they're all kind of getting touches. And Whoever gets the high value touches. Mac did tear his Achilles, yes. Yeah. That'll be interesting. You know, whoever gets those goal line touches, which I would kind of assume is going to be Damian Pierce, like just based on the, the skill set that those three guys have. Mm-hmm. Who's going to get the passing down work to start? I would probably assume Rex Burkhead, mm-hmm. even though, you know, Damian Pierce has that skill set. Rex Burkhead is a, a specialist as a pass catcher. Mm-hmm. Has he ever been healthy? Like, not really, not for too long. I mean, what is Rex Burkhead now? 31-ish? Like 33, I think. Okay, so he's over 30. So I think that it's one of the things that you brought up is a good point. I mean, do they start like that and then maybe, you know, start leaning on Pierce a little bit when the season's, you know, coming to an end and you're kind of trying to see what he has, which could be beneficial, as well as the Texans are probably going to be down a lot more than not. I would assume. Mm-hmm. And it is maybe going to get before the end of the season, get to that point where it's like, let's just try and see what works. Let's try and find a spark. And, you know, you have a guy like Damian Pierce. That's the kind of guy you can find a spark. I think we know what Marlon Mack is, which isn't bad. He just, you know, suffered from some injuries. We know what Rex Burkhead is, which isn't bad, but it's never been great. <laughs> so I think, that, I think that Damian Pierce is actually really interesting. Um, I don't know that he comes out of camp leading leading the backfield, but I think there's a chance. Um, and I don't know that he takes over the backfield, but I think there's a, a good chance that he does at some point. So I think when you're kind of comparing like his ADP, uh, Damian Pierce goes right around Rashad White and Isaiah Spiller. So actually his ADP is it's Rashad White, 
uh, at RB41, Damian Pierce at 42, and Spiller at 43. So those are three rookies right there. And if you consider them all, all three of them, Rashad White, Damian Pierce, Isaiah Spiller, right? Who has the chance to come out of camp and win the job, even though we might think it's, you know, lower probability? Like, like assuming all parties are healthy, Damian Pierce. Yeah, it's Damian Pierce. So assuming everybody's healthy. Assuming that everybody's healthy, who probably has the most standalone value? I would say Isaiah Spiller, because he's probably going to be their, you know, 1A Eckler and 1B Spiller. And Damian Pierce is in a a three-headed monster, so a little bit more interesting. But he's going around those three, and it's, it's kind of worth a dart throw to me. It's you know, it's it's not that deep to say a dart throw, but it's worth the the fortieth running back off the board, you know. So, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you on that. Um, uh, I think that he's just a lot more valuable than the guys he's going behind too. I mean, oh, absolutely, Alexander Madison. I mean, he's going around like Daryl Henderson, Naeem Hines, Michael Carter. All these guys require kind of something to happen, or they're going to have the only one I see. And value. I told you this, and I told you this earlier. The only one I see in that range having a standalone value is Naeem Hines. Sure, uh, and, and he does, but it's it's capped without. Oh, injury. it's absolutely, it's absolutely exactly. capped. But he's not. So he's not a rushing. Dam- that's where the Damian, guy, anyways. Yeah, and that's where the Damian Pierce thing becomes interesting because is the opportunity potentially limited? Maybe. Well, yeah, he has to break through that first thing. But is the upside capped? No. If he does no, and not. takes over, then we don't know what's going to yeah, happen. I mean, on, on our football guys ADP, um, you know, Pierce is the, is the RB42. He's got Michael Cartier at RB41, Alexander Madison at RB40, Ronald Jones at 39, James Cook at 38, Ramadre Stevenson at 37, Chase Edmonds at 36. Um, I'm not taking Carter over Pierce. I'm not taking Madison over Pierce. Uh, I may take Jones over Pierce just because I think he wins the job. Uh, James Cook, I've been very, very, you know, stringent that I, I think James Cook is not a threat to Singletary's workload at all. In fact, I think Duke Johnson comes in and takes passing pass catching snaps away from him. Ramondre Stevenson, I don't know what to think. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what to think about that. Why didn't we Adrian talk about this James Cook take? Jeez. Wait, you, you don't, you don't. What do you think Duke Johnson's doing there? You don't think you don't Not think he's just going to sit there, do you? I think Duke Johnson's hanging out and reading his mentions that are mentioned whenever he's mentioned. In, you in know Harvard, I'm not high mentioned. on James Cook. <laughs> <laughs> I think Duke Johnson is just seeing all the notifications whenever his name gets brought up and Ian Hart gets tagged. I think that's about <laughs> it. You know what? Uh, I, uh, Ian, Ian, if you're out there, we value, we value your Duke Johnson take. You can come on the show anytime you want. Um, we would love to have you back. <laughs> uh, but it, it is, it, I, I just think that, I just think that James Cook is, is not, is not in for the workload that people think he is, even though he was drafted in the second round. Again, high value for, touches, high value story touches. for another show. <laughs> <laughs> Damien Pierce is being slept on. Yeah, you know, I agree. He, he does not deserve to be going as an RB4. I just, or, I RB, see that yeah, RB4 back end RB4. I just don't see it. Yeah, that's the one thing that I will say is I don't think that his ADP is off. I don't think that it's oh, the, that his ADP is off, but I think that the when you compare his ADP, bad with, offenses do not equal bad fantasy. Offense. When you no, 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 I agree. But when you compare his ADP or when you compare his opportunity and his upside compared to the guys around him, 
I do think it's different because look at it. I mean, so Alexander Madison, is he a good player? Sure. Does he need Delvin Cook to get hurt? Yes. Does Rashad White, good player, we think. Does he need Lenny to get hurt to have major yes. upside? Yes. Isaiah Spiller, standalone value. Yes. But Same he thing. needs yes. Eckler to get hurt. Daryl Henderson, good, yes. but Same needs thing. Cam Akers out of the way. Damian Pierce has a legitimate Doesn't chance need to that. Yeah. beat out those two guys, which is just different. So, And those are guys going in front of him, not to mention guys like Michael Carter, who is already is going to have his role reduced. I mean, even Naeem Himes, who you brought up, who I exactly. think is you know, an interesting example. Naeem Himes' floor, much safer. He already has a role. Damian Pierce has to earn his role. Ceiling, yeah. not even close. I mean, Naeem Himes, even if Jonathan Taylor got hurt, there would be another guy. Like it would be Naeem Hines and someone else. If Marlon Mack gets hurt <laughs> or Rex Burkhead gets hurt and they don't even need to, but if they do, Damian Pierce like could take on like a big role. You know, it's just different. It's just, it's just a little bit different than some of the guys around him. So, uh, and add in the, the context about the contract, which I think is, uh, I'm the highest, I'm the highest ranking football guy staffer on Damian Pierce. I, I have him as my me. RB. I, it, it, it surprise you. It shouldn't surprise, surprise you. It shouldn't surprise you. I have him. I have him at RB. I have him at RB 32. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, it shouldn't surprise. It shouldn't yeah, surprise ben, ben you. Just brought up the same point. Come yeah. on, you know, Heinz doesn't so, have a three down roll without JT. Right. Sure. Exactly. A lot of these guys don't. So that's the thing with Pierce that is interesting. He has a chance to beat out guys in front of him. So um, these ranks have definitely changed. But my my feelings on Damian Pierce has not changed. You should still be drafting him as an RB. You know, draft him as an RB four. But be aware that you know he's gonna he could be starting for you sooner rather than later. So yeah. Well, we are. Right here at the 57-minute mark, we said we were going to try and go a little shorter, but, you know, that's not something that we can do. When we, when, when we, <laughs> we get just, talk, when we get talking, we, like we get talking. Uh, so I think this would be a good time, right? Yeah, good, good. absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for sticking around. Um, the plan is to go and start doing some ranking shows in, you know, in the next week or two. Uh, Jay and I will be going through a different set of rankings each week. We're going to do that. We'll have another mailbag episode like this where you guys can come in and ask questions whenever you want. But, you know, again, we are, you know, just waiting down those minutes until the regular season starts in just over, you know, a month, under a month and a half. So, again, thank you guys. Um, Want to remind you all that we are a partner of Underdog Fantasy it would do us great if you go and uh, sign up with Underdog Fantasy. Your first time deposit, you are matched 100% up to $100. Just use the code HFF and uh, you will be matched 100% there on your first deposit. Uh, as always, we're on YouTube. Feel free. Go ahead. Click the notification bell. Subscribe. Uh, it helps us. You know, you, you want to help us. We're your friends. <laughs> Jay, any any uh, any more words? Anything else to add? No, that was a fun show. I you know I think in the future, hopefully, we'll do some more of these where we're kind of just you know talking, going through some storylines, some of the things that are interesting during the off season. Um, aside from that, man, we had fun, and we are one week closer to football season. That's really yes. all that matters. And you know, we're kicking the tires on maybe a Sunday morning show, maybe answer some questions. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But you know, 
Well, you Lunch spoiled room. my surprise that I was going to have in a couple <laughs> weeks. But in any case, I will just edit that part out of the uh, online audio. Thank you, guys. We are High Floor Football, and we will see you next week as we always do. Have a good night. <laughs>